If you're looking for a new way to support SideMission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. Uh, like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by just one of the boys, Matt Beck. And today we've got our second straight DLC episode. Matt, we discussed this several months ago when the Teal Mask first dropped for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We decided to wait until both it and the Indigo Disc both dropped to review them. So that is what we are talking about today, Matt. And I think right out the gate, Matt, and I know I've said your name a lot recently, and it sounds really, really weird how I've said that like five times now to start this episode. But uh, I have a lot of very positive feelings about this DLC. I think that both of them add significant playtime to the game. They both yes. showcase some really interesting stories and really interesting environments. And we get a few new Pokemon to add to the Pokedex as well. So let's go ahead and jump right in, Matt. We'll start with the Teal Mask since we that was the first one to come out. You end up uh, going on an exchange trip from either the Uva or Naranja uh, school, whichever one you're playing, Scarlet or Violet, and you end up going to, is it Kitakami? Is that the name of the Kitakami. place that you end up going? Uh, you go to, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you take point because I know you, you've you played a lot more in depth. I've played both DLCs, <laughs> and uh, I, I've played a good amount. I've, I've beaten the Teal Mask, and I've played a good amount of the Indigo Disc, and I'm very, very big fan of both, but... You end up going to Kitakami, you end up taking part in some festivals there uh, regarding masks that are used, and you hear a few legends about some Pokemon in the area, and it ends up turning into a really interesting story. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the fact that there is this kind of lore, this myth legend, about three Pokemon called uh, Okidogi, Fezendipity, and Mukidori, which is a very clever name for these Pokemon, um, that their story goes as the village was, you know, harassed and, you know, people are afraid of this. They called him the ogre. Um, and basically, like, the story paints the ogre as this bad guy, while the other three, uh, I just named, are considered the heroes, uh, even getting a shrine, you know, in their honor for protecting the village from the ogre. Um, which I thought was a really, really cool little thing that there's just like, you know, story within a story type of situation. Um, well, the main character ends up running into the um, the professor of a school called Blueberry Academy. Her name is Briar. And what's interesting is upon her first noticing, I was getting total like, oh, she's going to be a villain in this DLC. Like, I get this feeling. But then it's like after you run into her and she tells you about going to Kitakame as a school trip, you end up getting chosen by Blueberry Academy. And I guess this is probably because it just became the champion and everything. I don't really know the timeline here. So once you get there, you know, you're introduced to two characters of Blueberry Academy. You're going to see them a lot is um, Carmen and Kieran, I believe his name is. Kieran, uh, yes. We're just going to call him Kiki during this uh, this, uh, no, this no, episode. Fuck we're not. <laughs> we're not going to call fuck we are not. <laughs> well, well, it turns out Carmen's a little bit of a hard ass. Like, I, I believe that she has this kind of like competitive side to her that she really brings out when it comes to the main character. And Karen is a really interesting character himself, although we're going to come to hate him, to be honest. Um, but he's, okay. he's just like, your, he's just your typical kid, you know, and he has obsession with the story that, you know, is in Kitakame. And like, he's a major fan of the ogre because, you know, 
he doesn't believe that the ogre is bad. He believes that the ogre is misunderstood and that the story itself is just completely wrong. It's been told wrong in the way every the events were portrayed. So in this DLC, you end up kind of, you know, traveling around Kitakame, um, and you actually end up running into these villains who wear these masks. Uh, they're not really too big a part of the story, but, I mean, they wear the masks. So uh, you basically encounter the ogre during a, a moment where you enter a cave and you find this ogre. And then uh, throughout the course of the game, he just kind of shows up. And then we eventually learn that his name is Ogre Pond. And he's a really good Pokemon. I'm, I love him. <laughs> I love his design, uh, which we'll get more into. But um, I'm going to go ahead and see how with Rusty. Yeah, I, I loved the story with Kieran and that, you know, at first, Carmen chooses to try to keep the story of Ogre Pond yes. and it's not being true. She tries to keep it a secret between you, her grandfather and her. And you try to just handle it yourself. Kieran obviously finds out. He overhears and he sets off to also try to help out, help you as well. And you find out in different ways and, and it tries to help you in different ways. And the story ultimately comes down to, you have to find these three masks that have been hijacked by the three Pokemon you mentioned earlier, which by the way, you did a hell of a job naming all of them off because I would have botched <laughs> that. So bravo to you. But I, I like how each of them, they they're kind of done like Titan battles almost where from yes. the Scarlet and Violet story where you had to go defeat the mythical Titan, not really the mythical Titans, but the different Titans from the different areas on the map. The, the the fights are kind of done like that, even though they're not maybe necessarily that hard, especially if you're like me and you've got a full team of six level 100 Pokemon. It's not going to be that difficult unless you just choose to go in with weaker Pokemon. But you essentially end up traveling the entire um, map of Kitakami to try to find these three masks to form mm -hmm. the teal mask to give to Ogre Pond. And you're ultimately working to try to clear his name, so to speak. That's what yes. you're trying to do. The villagers of Kitakami have got this story in their head that he was this monster and that he was to be feared. And because of that, Ogrepon, who you find out is a very gentle Pokemon who just wants to be liked, you, you, you work hard to try to clear his name. Now, you mentioned obviously not liking Kieran, and that's one of my two big complaints is that in terms of yeah. characters and character development... My other complaint is one that you could probably see from a mile away, but we'll get to that. We'll get to performance <laughs> when we get to performance. Um, Kieran is a very likable character at first, and you just learn to dislike him and everything mm -hmm. about him. And it's anti-character development. It's, and it's not that I think we're supposed to dislike him. I think that he's, you know, a kid that's bright-eyed and has hope, has optimism at first, and then ultimately becomes an angsty teen. But the problem is that I don't feel like we were supposed to dislike him. I feel like we were supposed to understand him, but right. I don't really understand him at all, Matt. I don't know. I'm curious if you feel the same way, but I just no, don't I feel like I don't feel like this was we were supposed to not like him. Like I completely understand his feelings towards being lied to because he does eventually, you know, find out that you know his family has been lying to him about the true story of the ogre, especially for someone who is such a supportive of him and you know himself not believing the stories. But I think what really what really strikes him is you know he he comes and he creates this friendship with you and you know he has like I don't know I don't want to say this kind of like clinginess to you but it gets worse and worse especially as you know Carmen starts to you know start liking the main character here and you know he's he's jealous and he is just angry mostly jealous but he uh, all in all he is just a brat and I do not relate to bratty characters 
So I think that's what kind of got to me for his characters, the fact that it just slowly throughout the DLC, he just becomes more of a brat. And there comes a moment where, um, you know, the main character catches Ogre Pond, and that's just when he goes all out. Like, he is just angry that this Pokemon that he loves so much and adores is, you know, choosing someone over him. But it's just, that's just kind of, I mean, obviously we're the main character, we're the one getting Ogre Pond, so shut the hell up, Kieran. You know, we so got to complete our Pokedexes. Um, but that kind of character development for me just does not work. I get the whole, he is a kid, and he's being lied to by his family, and he, you know, he's being picked over by someone else. But I feel like his character should just be more accepting of the fact that, you know, Ogre Pond did choose the other trainer, and, you know, that he is... I don't know why he, he feels like he's unimportant and he's just got that, that kid mentality. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. And that's, that leads into one of the bigger positives. I think of both DLC so far is I had the exact opposite feeling of Carmen who you end up meeting yeah. from Blueberry Academy. I felt like Carmen was a big brat at first, but mm-hmm. over time you start to see her personality shine a little bit and all of a sudden she turns into one of my favorite side characters of the last couple Pokemon games that we've gotten on the Switch. She turns yeah. into, and while she might not be the greatest trainer in the world, the most difficult to beat trainer in the world, I, I see a lot of positives in her character development about how she goes from, sure she has a weird way of showing it and she wants to be the person in charge, but... She mm-hmm. wants Ogre Pond's name to be cleared just as much, if not more, than Kieran does, and does yeah. ultimately whatever it takes to help clear that. And then, obviously, I, I, her her character changed so much with me that when I started the Indigo Disc up, I, we meet Lacey at first, and Lacey is a really really cool character. I like her development so far. I like yeah. the I like I like I like again. We meet another side character that you learn to like a lot. But I sat there the whole time going, okay. I know that Carmen is here, and I know that she's recommended that, you know, the the professor and the, the headmaster of, of Blueberry Academy reach out and pick me for this exchange. When do I get to meet up with her? And I was very, very happy after completing the initial parts of the Indigo Disc that Carmen hits you up right away, and you immediately get to go and hang out and do stuff with her again. I liked that. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. for a Pokemon game, maybe that's weird because the characters aren't really the big part of it. But I, it's, I think that goes to show how well they wrote her character that you do end up liking her after not liking her at all at first. And I think, Matt, yeah. that she's a real strong point to both of these stories. Yeah, she is. Like, she is a, she's this really good bridge for both DLCs between um, Till Mask and Indigo Disc. And unfortunately, I have to say, it, Kieran is also that bridge as well because they're both in here. And the effects of what happened in Kitakame has greatly affected Kieran, and he's basically just lost himself. And I don't know what it is when you're looking at him. I'm just getting this feeling that like he is possessed. I mean, there's even a moment in uh, the Till Mask DLC where he has like this glow around him that's the same color of the toxic chains that are around the three, you know, heroes, supposed heroes. And it gets to me thinking, I'm like, okay, Kieran is definitely not just doing this himself. Like, I, I definitely think he's being manipulated by a greater force here. Um, and when I, I say this, when you brought up Lacey, this DLC is probably one of my favorites as far as, like, some of the lore goes. Because there are so many connections to one of my all-time favorite regions, which is Unova. Because, I mean, we are heavily hinting at Unova remakes or, like, a, you know, Legends Unova type game. And I'm just loving it, especially um, 
with the uh, with the biome, I thought was a brilliant like explanation of like the academy or not the academy, but the, the school Blueberry Academy. So yes, academy. Uh, I like the fact that it has like four different biomes, and this is where the Pokemon are, but it's also a school at the same time. Like just the 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 whole like map in this DLC is actually some of my favorites. I still prefer the base DLC map or not the base DLC, but the uh, the base game, uh, Paldea. But they did a really good job with this one as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a good segue into the Indigo Disc. Personally, I, I had pretty high expectations for it after finishing the Till Mask because I really enjoyed the Till Mask. Um, I loved what it added to the Pokedex. I liked the area of Kitakame, even though it, it kind of just felt like a smaller Paldea. And that was kind of my well, another smaller critique I had was that Kitakame just kind of felt like Paldea, but a little bit smaller. Blueberry yeah. Academy and specifically the Terrarium feels very different from Paldea. It feels yeah. like a man-made Pokemon structure. And it's very interesting. And and obviously I'm still obviously in the middle of playing it and I really enjoy it. But again, it, it feels so vastly different from uh Naranja Academy and from Uva Academy. It, it feels mm -hmm. so it feels like it's in the technological future. It feels like they've got access to this tech and these resources that the other schools don't have. And it's crazy because when you first show up, you're looked at as some god from the Paldea region because that's where the terrestrializing began was in Paldea. It's really interesting, Matt, about how in the terrarium they use this technology to essentially yeah. cultivate Pokemon terrestrializations. So they yes. they and, and they explain it very very well early on about how they've got some of these minerals and this resource from Paldea that they use mm -hmm. in this sphere above the terrarium that kind of helps to power the entire thing, and they're yes. essentially able to make man-made terrestrializations of Pokemon, and that's a really interesting concept. And again, it just shows that this the DLC adds so much context to things that are happening in Paldea and happening in Grand Area Zero. And I like that a lot, Matt. Yeah, I, I do too. I I was very curious on to how they were going to, you know, talk about how are we able to terrestrialize Pokemon in Unova. And I think they did a pretty good job of that. Um, now, I know you're not at the end of the DLC. I think you haven't beat yet. So am I able to talk about a little bit stuff? I don't care. Go ahead. Okay. So one thing that I love about this DLC is so... It's very reminiscent of, you know, the, the typical Pokemon formula. They they have a league here called the BB League, and they do basically their own version of the Elite Four. And then Kieran himself is the champion. He's defeated all four of them and become the champion. And, you know, this is where your character's, you know, storyline in this DLC comes through, is where you um, are going to have to battle the... Uh, the Elite Four here. And one thing I really like is how each member has their own special, like, admission that you have to do something for them in order to battle them. And some of them are interesting. Some of them are were actually kind of cool. I like the one with the um, the gym leader, Crispin, who's his fire-type Pokemon, where you have to talk to a bunch of these students, and you basically have to collect ingredients and then trade off ingredients, but you have to, you know, start the right start off with the right one just by battling someone who just gives you an ingredient for beating them. But then uh, it's just basically you have to think about it. Like, I struggled on here for a moment. I feel kind of stupid, but, like, it, it had its moments for me. Um, and then the introduction on one of them that... And this is kind of a complaint of mine. Why did it take DLC to introduce full, like, free flying with uh, with Maridon and Crydon? Because 
That would have been very useful in Paldea. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> like, why do we not? Would have. <laughs> I was like, why did it take till this DLC for them to just be like, you know what? Let's just let them fly, you know, freely. Like, you know, none of that running out of stamina and falling out of the sky type of thing. And I actually like that a lot here. Um, yeah, with with Kieran becoming the champion, it's let his let him get to his head. He's got such a big ego now. He's still a brat, may I add. He is still a brat. Um, but he's a little bit more tolerable in this DLC, or he's just kind of a, a dick. Um, and he does have a really good conclusion. I'll say that. Um, one thing I really did love was I loved going how it connected to Paldea, and that you get to go back and you get to go to Area Zero, and it goes even further. You're basically going into the core of the Earth. It feels like because you know Paldea, uh, Paldea has like the Area Zero is just a giant crater. It just goes deeper and deeper. So I thought that that was cool that they expanded on the original map because that's something that you can do right or you could do wrong. And here I think they did it right. Yeah, I I do think, and this is my last big criticism that I kind of hinted at earlier. And this is, yeah. this is my big thing. And, and I, if you remember back at this point, uh, two years ago, or at this point last mm -hmm. year, I said two years ago, Jesus Christ, at this point last year, when we reviewed this game, I had, yes. uh, I had a rant about the performance, and here's the thing that bugs me. Why in the world were we able to put out two full DLCs and not able to fix the performance? Because exactly. I will tell you, when the biomes were showed off in the cutscene when you first enter the terrarium, <laughs> oh my fucking God, the performance <laughs> is horrible. Like, Jesus Christ, the pop-in, when it swapped from, <laughs> from biome to biome, the pop-in was fucking horrible. Like, so what, what are we doing, Pokemon Company, Game Freak? What are we doing that the performance has not been fixed? Like, good yeah. lord, I love this game. I love this game. It's a great Pokemon game. But my god, the performance is still horrible. And, and we... Matt, we heard last year we were they were like, oh, a yeah. patch is on the way to fix the performance, and that patch never came. The nope. patch never came, and that's that's beyond infuriating for me. Yeah. Because that is finally that is finally like Pokemon Game Freak acknowledging that, you know, they're they're not getting away with this anymore. I mean, yes, the game still sold a lot. Pokemon by name is going to sell a lot. But more and more people are becoming aware of just how, you know, bare bones that, you know, these developers are really putting into the graphic side of things. Like, they're doing a great job with the Pokemon. Like, the Pokemon models look incredible. Like, I've never seen scale textures on, like, Pokemon like Viper fur textures on Pokemon like Zangus and, like, Jigglypuff looking plastic because, you know, she's a balloon. Like, they're doing a good job with the models, but they're just, oh my god, I don't, I just don't understand. There's a fine line between getting a game and, like, you know, it, getting a decent performance, but this isn't that decent. Like, I literally, when I watched the, the Savannah biome, uh, bro, I'm like, yo, look, it's a freaking fine type Pokemon going at two frames per second in the background. Like, holy shit, this is bad. <laughs> and, like, I, I just want Game Freak to take it seriously with whatever they do with the next game, especially considering, I mean, Generation 10 could possibly be on next hardware, but we don't know at this point with the way that they pump these games out. But I definitely hope that 
I mean, it's not the Switch's fault. Like, Legend of Zelda, Xenoblade, like, their open worlds run great. They look great for, you know, what, it, what we're able to achieve on the Switch. There's no excuse for Pokemon to do that. Yeah, and that's, 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 that's the, ultimately, that's the frustrating part, is Pokemon has the money, man. It's the biggest franchise in media and, and video games Absolutely. in the world. It's the biggest, it's a multi-billion dollar franchise. And for some reason, they just seem like they couldn't be bothered to fix the performance. And that's really fucking irritating. And yeah. I hope with their next game, because I'll end it with this, if I hope with their next game that... They take the performance more seriously because I'll tell you, I, I, we don't have reason to be optimistic because I'll go ahead and tell y'all, we didn't do a review of Detective Pikachu Returns and all that, but the performance in that game is not much better than this. It's better because it's not open world, but that's not saying much. Like, the performance is the least of the issues in that game. That game is way too easy above all else, but that's this is not a review of Detective Pikachu Returns. I like that game, but it's really, really easy. Um, but it's the performance is bad, and it's got to be better next game. It's very, very simple. I'll be buying it in hopes that it is better, but it's got to be better. So as a whole, the DLCs are both really, really damn good. They're both worth the money. The performance is still going to be an issue, but if you can get past the performance, there's a lot of really, really good stuff here for Pokemon fans. The gameplay is really good. The stories are really interesting, and the characters outside of Kieran are really, really well done and well written. So there's a lot of things to like about it. That's our review of the Teal Mask and the Indigo Disc for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So that'll do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thanks for listening.